This is the Intentional Disruption Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Demo. Today's episode, let's talk about debt, baby. And yes, I'm sorry, I'm 40, and that is from the 90s. So first off, I need to explain that uh, in this episode, I am not giving financial advice. I'm simply explaining how debt and arbitrage work in your personal life inside of your business, and I'll also explain how debt doesn't work inside of government. If you do not have a financial advisor or CPA, I'm happy to make an introduction for you, and you can find the person who is right for you. So business debt is an interesting thing. You see, in general, debt is actually pretty bad. In the government specifically, it's terrible because the government cannot create as efficiently as the private sector. An example is our current benefits programs. You see, right now for every $3 in debt, and I say debt because we don't have a balanced budget, so all of our spending is basically debt, it only leads to $1 in services provided. So instead of it generating additional For every $3 that we're racking up in debt, you're getting $1 in service. But let's see how that can work for you and how in the private sector, debt can actually be a pretty good thing. So in your personal life, debt for the sake of debt is not good. Dave Ramsey talks about that often. I have my disagreements with him. But there are cases where debt can be very good. So an example from my house. When we bought this house in 2020, uh, Connecticut had really ramped up their energy prices and they continue to do so. Uh, I was paying $500 a month for electricity. And that's not awesome because I wasn't using a whole bunch of it. So I got solar. Um, shout out to Asim Hafiz. Uh, he helped me out with Empower. And for those panels and everything, I could have paid, I don't know, $60,000, $80,000 in 2020 to own my panels. Side note, never lease your panels. It's the worst financial decision you could probably make. But for those panels, <clears throat> I used a green loan to finance them for 20 years. Interest rate was like 5%. And everyone asked me, I was like, wait, you you have a loan on your panels? But yeah, why wouldn't you just pay cash? Because that doesn't make sense financially. And it takes people a while to understand this. So <clears throat> those panels completely offset a $500 a month electric bill using $2020, which now would be probably a $600 bill because... Uh, costs have gone up. I pay $250 a month for the loan. My debt service in this case is a net positive $250 to my household. So I'm making money back because I financed those panels. And then you also need to consider inflation and things of that nature. That interest rate loan at 5% locked in $2020 at a 5% rate. Now, Thanks to some of the government spending, I know we talk about in the news 9.1%, but using the way that we used to 
define the CPI. It's really up over 20%. They just changed the numbers so that it doesn't look as bad as it was. Not saying this administration, it's been for a little while, but real inflation is up about 20%. So that means that my fixed loan of $250 is essentially a degrading expense over time as inflation goes. And then obviously you need to assume your income keeps up with inflation. It's another side example. <clears throat> so another household example would be paying cash for your car because you should never have debt on your car. Again, I'm going to disagree. And I had this conversation with my mother-in-law as well about this. So I used to work in the auto industry and much of my clientele was from Greenwich, Connecticut and the surrounding area. They have money and they would pay cash for a car, you know, $30,000 for a Subaru. Here's a check. Let's go. And the point that I made with them is that stroking a check for this vehicle is an inefficient use of capital. Interest rates at the time were like 1% for a new car. Forget the markets because they're a little bit sketch, but you could find other investment vehicles that would pay you more than 1%, which means if you allocated that same amount of money to a product that paid more than the 1% in that case, you were effectively keeping up with or making more money on interest over here than you were for the new car interest rate payment. I just looked. Um, right now, it's 3.9% at infinity. Um, I, I miss my infinity. Love that thing. And what that means is if you can find a return in the markets for more than 4%, that money invested elsewhere covers the cost of the payment similar to what I'm doing with my solar panel loan. Now, what's interesting is that 3.9% loan is actually lower than the current prime rate, which is 4.75%, which means that it's actually not going to be that hard to find. So as I wrote this, I just checked bank rate, and even a CD is paying 3.35%. Almost covers the entire thing. A five-year MIGA, which it's a type of annuity, um, in this case from Athene, is offering 4.4%, which is more than what the rate is for that car. That means that the money growing inside of that annuity would offset the payments for the car. Now, don't at me with the taxable and all that stuff. I'm trying to keep this very simple. And what we're talking about is called interest rate arbitrage. And I've been using it to help guarantee mortgage payments for retirees for their house for about a decade now. And again, please talk to a financial advisor about this. Um, just a note, really only about 10% of financial advisors will know what I'm talking about because most financial advisors don't use things like MIGAs, annuities. Um, they're more on just, hey, let's sell you a mutual fund. So those examples are the personal side of the equation. But we're talking about business debt. And how does it differ from personal debt and even government debt? It can be quite simple if you're using it correctly. See, business debt gives you leverage, meaning $1 in debt creates $1 times whatever your multiple is in earnings. 
I am not personally a proponent for using debt for anything that doesn't generate revenue and you shouldn't be either. So an example from my days in marketing is doing a mailer. I know that sounds dated, but an email campaign, a messenger campaign is basically a mailer just using electrons instead of a piece of paper. So it's still the same thing, whether it's on FBX or you're doing an SEO campaign or you buy an email uh, list. The concept remains the same even as tech progresses. So if I know that I get a 1% close rate off of my mailer, because I know my closing percentage and my cost of acquisition, I can do the math backwards to figure out if it's even worth doing. Say I offer a $100 product and my cost of acquisition is $125. Wouldn't make sense to do it. I either need to raise my price and my value proposition, or I need to get more efficient at my pipeline closing. So let's assume right now that you're a standard business, 20% margin, pretty vanilla. You keep a $20 for every $100 you sell. Your cost of acquisition needs to be less than $20 for this process to work. Otherwise, you're simply just working to keep your employees employed. Now, if your cost of acquisition is $10, then ideally, to make the same amount of money, you would need double the clients. A side effect of all of this is if you're increasing the volume of clients coming through your door, you should be able to find some additional efficiency to streamline the process, drop the cost of goods and services, and actually grow your margin to 20, 25% or more. So why does this matter? This is where the use of a smart debt product can essentially prime the pump. So essentially your $100 in debt to run the campaign, it should generate $200,000 in profit. Worst case scenario, it needs to generate at least more than the cost of your debt. And I know that I'm simplifying a lot of this, but to be frank, this is a podcast. It's not the Wharton Business School. There's plenty of additional resources. Uh, happy to send them your way. So let's talk about this debt. What should you be doing? Right now, a line of credit from a bank is a great idea. If you've been open for a little while, you have some recurring revenue that's been coming through the door, banks will give that to you. I know KeyBank, uh, they did a thing where they'd offer you a line of credit and a credit card with your business account, even if you just started it up with them with you know, a down payment or a deposit, I should say. Access to this capital should be arranged now before you need it so you can take advantage of opportunities as they go forward. The same thing applies to a business credit card. You should have one and you should have it available for what we'll call very short-term debt, which means the cycle to be able to pay it back off is within the period so there's no interest assessed. Now, there's also a bunch of non-veteran or non-bank options available to you uh, yesterday I had a great call with a fellow vet, William Mustoller, and he introduced me to something called Fundamate. And they have options where you can get short-term debt based on a multiple of revenue. And that's a great opportunity potentially to raise some liquid funds for a marketing campaign or to do a inventory production run if you're about to scale and grow into a new market. And there's definitely other options available. I know quite a few veterans that 
do lending and work as a lending broker. And I'm happy to introduce you to those people if you do need it. Um, I don't have any back end to it, but I'm happy to introduce you if you are in a capital crunch. So why do I talk about this today specifically? You see, many of the companies that I consult, they need leverage for growth right now. And if they need it, there's a good chance that you need it too. And as I mentioned, the best time to set all of this up is before you need it. And in these cases, I've been working pretty hard to help them set these exact same strategies up. And there's no shame or guilt behind it, because if you weren't introduced to the concept, you wouldn't be expected to know the nuance. If you didn't go to a business school or, God forbid, your only economic training was home ec in middle school where they showed you how to write a check, how would you know these things? I mean, I've been a licensed financial professional for nine years, and I learn new stuff every day when it comes to leveraging these strategies. And this debt, it can be used properly and create very much good in your side of your business. You can use it efficiently, and especially you want to use it for a distinct purpose. An example of a way to use it for a distinct purpose where you generate revenue for your business is using that debt via arbitrage for a business acquisition. So an example in my life right now are the five vets that I have that are looking to acquire a business. These existing businesses have good cash flow. They've got good metrics, but these veterans, they don't have the ability to leverage a line of credit to create free capital to bump up the down payment and acquire the business. So they're looking to take on capital partners. Now, how did that work? So let's say you had a line of credit available and the rate right now was prime plus three. Prime is 4.75%. That's the federal fund rate plus a couple percent. So at prime plus three, your cost for that line of credit, if when you actually used it, would be 7.75% roughly. So let's say you lend that money to the person looking to buy the business for 10%. On a $1 million deal, that would make you over $25,000 in interest payments. And for the people that are doing amortization, don't at me, I'm simplifying. But just for leveraging a line of credit to help that other individual out, you would generate $25,000 in additional revenue for your business for simply offering leverage to that other company. Now, the really cool way to do some of this is to allow for equity. See, most of these veterans would be open to giving an equity stake inside of their company for what essentially equates to down payment assistance. What that means for you now is an additional source of passive income that you created simply for lending out the bank's money. So your business account was never touched. You didn't take a dollar out of your pocket. You created additional revenue for your business and you created additional passive income for your family. And my friends, that's one example of how debt can be a good thing. Now, if you have any questions on that process, right now the best ways to reach me are exactly on the social media sites that you're looking at this if you're watching the live video or 
michaeldemo.com, my personal website. There's the ability to schedule a quick call with me. If you're listening to this on the podcast, do me a favor. If this created any value on iTunes, leave a rating and a quick review. Uh, If you're on Spotify, I mean, a five-star would be cool. Leave me a one-star if you thought this was absolutely terrible. I'm cool with it. Um, But I just opened up the Spotify side of the house. So I'd love to get some feedback over there on how this is creating value for you inside of your business. Again, my name is Mike Demo. I'm the CEO of the Delta Enhancement Group, and I look forward to serving you in the future.